There is no end to the good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. Colin Powell. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get to yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. I play Stanton Hopperfield, who at this point is the uh, Lifefoot Halfling Ranger. Time to go back to Wayslaw with me, Dungeon Master Dave, Seth, Chris, George, and Rachel as we explore Leaders and Legacies, a real play 5e audio podcast we hope that 2022 is being nice to you and if it's not being nice to you at least hope it's letting you get proper amounts of self-care and sleep so now sit back relax and enjoy another episode of leaders and legacies So, Corin, when we last left off, the rocky area before you got to the peaks that you were walking down the path, you had been stopped by Talgon, who had kind of confronted you. Sandor interrogated them. A battle ensued when Talgon disappeared. Um, so you've got you guys are fighting two stone golems. You're fighting a Galeb and The giants had just backed up. They'd been taking some heavy damage. Fezzik had run through and uh, tried to find out where Talgon had gone but instead encountered this fire main angel that eventually came to your rescue as you, know, you and Stanton and Thandor and um, I guess Marcus took some damage. So I had gone with Fezzik and we encountered the angel together. Fezzik was riding me back because when we saw Thandor and Stanton getting cornered, Corin shapeshifted into bear form and then enlarged his bear form so at present he is a 20 foot tall grizzly bear um and was charging back towards stanton and thandor it was your turn we left off in the middle of yeah i can't i can't i couldn't see one of them but i could see the other and i can't remember which is which one of you is hiding i think it was thandor okay so then i would be charging at at stanton now that he is no longer grappled he is moving around the other rocks trying to get yeah, you were running through, so you would be visible. Well, as much as somebody running on a slow spell could be running, but yeah. We're using stealth at the same time, so... So he's stealthed off into the boulders, which means I'm charging towards Thandor, who's still on the path. Um, and my intention had been to shoulder check one of the stone golems as I was running past it. Yeah, yeah, specifically a hip check, though. <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, hip check. And then... did. Fezzik already, you already did your save to stay on top of me while I was doing, okay, cool. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, we got this bear barreling down on Stone Golem to the left or your right now. So I want to do my hit check on Golem A as I'm going past because I want to try and knock it down the hill. Um, I don't really care if I actually deal damage. I just want to buy time. Um, and then I'm going to keep on traveling straight at Thandor. Uh, to either get over top of him or just behind him. Can you give us some rough distances we're all at before we start? Yeah, actually, that 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 part's fairly easy. Everybody's about within 30 feet. The one on the left, the one on the right's a little bit further over. I think like 40 feet, though. So, you know, you could very easily move to get these things in range. 
Let's uh, make that kind of an unarmed strike attack to hit it with your hip. Uh, that would be a nat 20 for 23. Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, what is that? Uh, you know, you're level 5. Um, improvised. Give me you know, 1d4 plus 2 damage, and then I'll do a save to see if it's knocked prone. Uh, so, 4 damage. It's knocked prone and takes 4 points of damage. Anything else you want to do on your turn? I just want to kind of get into a protective crouch over top of Thandor. Okay. Or remind me what type of animal you are again. Uh, I am an enlarged, enraged grizzly bear right now. That's what I thought. Okay. I just want to make sure. I was like, I think he's a bear. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, we, we bolted through when I was in panther form, then came around, and when we saw everybody was kind of cornered and getting squashed, I went to bear form. And then somewhere in between there, I also enlarged. All right, so the one you just hit check do need you to make a wisdom saving throw. 24. So yeah, you are not slowed in the same way Stanton still is slowed. All right, so Stanton, Gollum B is, uh, I think, coming for you. He is not, uh, doesn't have to stand up or any crazy things like that. He is going to attempt to slam you up against some rocks. Does the 13 hit? No, 13 is not hit. Okay, yeah. All righty. Um, sorry, Phil's turn is up. Phil is going to use his great club on the creature that attacked him. Ooh, he crits on the thing, <laughs> doing 32 damage to it. But his uh, brother, uh, Viver, is going to attack in the same fashion. He doesn't crit on it, but he does do 19 in damage. It's now the angel's turn. I've told you to flee. If you do not leave, you will be destroyed. And she immediately attacks again on the stone golem. As you see her sword just kind of smash into this stone golem, you see it kind of blow apart (laughs) into many little tiny boulders and just, which fly everywhere. Some of them, because of the, the flame in her blade, you know, actually catching fire because of how hot it is. Because it's got that, it's not regular fire, but more celestial fire. Uh, and let's see, she has multi-attack? Yeah, so she's going to turn on the other one and attempt the same thing. That one's still on its feet, uh, but uh, she smacks this thing hard with her sword and nearly cutting it in half, uh, but not quite. I believe that makes it your turn again, uh, Stanton. The stone golem that attacked me, was that the one that was sliced in half? It's the one that's not, it's still, it's still, it's still up. All right, well then, I, then I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take my longbow and aim at the other one and take it out and try and take it out. So let's hit it. 22 will hit. Um, 22 will hit. Crap on damage, though. Seven points of damage. Seven points? Well, uh, what type of fire damage? Well, yeah, they, uh, that guy did D4, but hold on one second. You did, you did have those up. <laughs> yes, it's got to just... Uh, two more points of fire damage. Okay, so t- seven total or nine? No, nah, nine. Takes that damage. Uh, anything else you want to do on your turn? Still up. Not really. It's not really much more I can do. Is it passes? Is it below its hit point maximum? It is way below. <laughs> well, then let me add. Let me add the D eight of Col- for colossal slam. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me. Every little bit helps. Here we go. One D eight. 
Okay, eight more points of damage. Okay, what, maybe just what type of damage is that? It's just eight down. It on, on Colossus Slayer once per turn. We okay, Colossus Slayer damage. All right, okay. Yeah, I just need to make sure. Yeah, this thing's got some heavy resistance. So extra owie damage. Um, is somebody playing Marcus, or was I rolling for Marcus? You filled in for Marcus last time. I believe he's out of fireballs. If I remember it correctly. He was throwing a lot of them around last time. Yeah, two being a lot. I just like the fact that druids get fireballs now. It's a big upgrade from popcorn ball. <laughs> What's he going to do? He's coming after that stone golem as well. Yeah, he's going to, in bonus action, he's going to cash a lele on his club, and then he's going to try to hit it with club. Uh, miss it. <laughs> um... Yeah, he's like, I'm heading for the path. He starts to move a little bit further away. Fezzik, your turn. Um, I'm gonna pull my longbow and try to shoot the the one that's still going. And I'm gonna cast Hail of Thorns while at it. I don't think I can do anything, but it makes me feel better. Oh, yeah, well, but yeah, that magical damage will help. Oh, natural 20 for a 26. Oh, wow. I am rocking this week. <laughs> tell, me, <laughs> yeah, tell me how this thing just spectacularly died. Oh, is it that quick? First, okay, so the arrow hits him, and all of these vines come sprouting out of my arrow full of thorns, and they just wrap themselves around him, and he just, like, right, he just, like, binds up, and it's like, whoosh. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, anything else you want to do on your turn? Like move, or I guess you're riding a face. So, so, so I did. I did roll an athletics check when he hit checked that other golem, and I scored. A, I rolled a fifteen. So. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just still sitting up there. Hey, Thandor, want to come up? I'm on my way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of which, Corin, it is now your turn. Yeah, the uh, the Galeb Dur is behind you. You know, attacking Phil and his brother. Corin is not gonna argue with the big fire-haired girl. He is going to scoop up Thandor in one paw and haul furry tail right down the path, since preferably in the direction of Stanton so that he can grab Stanton next. Okay, yeah, I'll allow that. In fact, if neither one of you chooses to resist, <laughs> I'll just allow you guys to kind of you know, coordinate getting on as he goes you know, heading towards the passage. So, uh, yeah, how much distance do you have? I have 40 feet of movement, but I will go ahead and burn both for a dash. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll allow that as kind of the rule of cool. <laughs> giant bear flying by grab hold of some fur and just hang on all right so the the game is gonna go after yeah you know, it's not a very big creature if i'm remembering correctly uh, okay. so yeah it's gonna continue to go after phil and his brother okay so he doesn't have that anymore i guess he's just gonna attempt to slam them yeah. And 26, so 
Seven. Seven, all right. So Bill and his brother just kind of, yeah, they're, 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 they're taking their clubs and they're just smashing this rock um, yeah, to bits. Uh, you know, kind of the way you might, you know, uh, you know, use sledgehammers to get rid of a big rock that eventually just breaks apart. And that brings us to the fireman angel. There's nobody left. So uh, she turns to you all as you're you know, saying, I think we're in the clear. Can you tell your friends? I'm assuming the giants are your friends, that uh, they are okay. Hey, Phil. Shh. Phil, he puts his, his finger up to his lips. He's big, so he kind of does a fist pump, but with his finger, he's just pulling his hand back a little bit. So after I put uh, Thandor and Stanton down, Corrin's going to walk over to what's left of the little boulder-shaped creature, and I am totally going to golf swing this thing down the mountainside. So, you know, you're going to fling it down the passage? I, I just want to just, like, driver set up, Big Paul, smack it as hard as I can, go for distance. All right, uh, give me an athletics check. You can add your dexterity bonus to that if you have that any. one. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah, the rock goes slamming up against other boulders. It's a huge rock field, so it's not necessarily surprising you would fail. Yeah, the angel kind of looks around at your group. Which one of you is Thandor? Him. Fair points up to. <laughs> that would be me. Thandor, yeah. It is your belief in Jord that has brought me here. And yeah, a message from Val. <laughs> but uh, I have heard you call my name before. What was your name? I am Phyllis. Phyllis with the light. Hello, Phyllis. I am Thandor. I will help you find the strength to understand, the eyes to see and bring terror to the dead so that you may have them flee. That was a really good rhyme. Did you mean to do that? Those are your words that invoked my awareness of the, the wrongs in this world. Well, we thank you very much for coming to our aid. The message I received from Val is that I was to help you to make it to the, the Orc homeland and that uh, he would catch up with you when he can, but... Uh, he w it turns out, apparently, he was right. A red dragon was um, searching for him and possibly the rest of you. He has led that dragon off. Yeah, our, fri our <laughs> friend, I put that in air quotes, Talgon, had said something along the effect, so thank you for responding so quickly. Uh, how far away from the Orc homeland are we right now? You are probably at least a three-day march. But fortunately for you, I am not taking you there. I'm going to deliver you as close as I can. Okay. Come, we will head back to my campsite and uh, yeah, we pre prepare. I must do a ritual that will allow me to teleport you close to the Orc homeland. But uh, I would first also have a meal with you and find out what it is that you know so that I may take word back so that others may be brought into whatever is going on here. That she kind of points towards the pass. And, uh, you know, my campsite is further down the mountain there, off to the right. I will lead you if you will follow. Okay. The corn goes back around, and instead of, like, you know, rush combat pickup, I will, like, offer a gentle ride to Thandor and Stanton. I hop on. I'm, I'm a little, little rough for wear right now. Do you need healing? 
Uh, I'm at 49 of 84. I mean, I think some rest, I'll all come back, but thank you. Stanton, I have a Stanton, I have a question for you. Okay, how can I help? When you were slowed, does your mind get slowed too? No, if anything, I found that my mind was racing further ahead because I was frustrated at how badly my body's reacting what I was trying to do. So it was almost like I was caught in something slow and sticky or web-like. It just that's that's a that's a deep question, Thandor. Thank you. Thank you. So for um, lack of like certainty on etiquette, uh, while Thandor and Stanton are having this conversation, um, Corin's going to walk over to the angel and offer her a leg up too. Thank you, my friend. Uh, I, I, I do not know your name, but uh, thank you. Um, I, 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 we are not going far. This is Corin, and I point to the bear underneath me. <laughs> Well, welcome, friend Corin. I am Phyllis. Phyllis, Corin's not normally a bear. He can shape into animals. Yes, I, I, I gathered that uh, yeah, he seemed, well, you know, well, bears are also intelligent. Uh, a bit, shall we say, yeah, precocious for a bear. So Phyllis, tell me, what are you? I'm a messenger of Jord. Well, what does that mean? That uh, I take messages between this world and the next, so the Jord may know things uh, that are happening. While Jord is uh, dealing with many things, you know, not all things are known to Jord. Oh, thank you, I know what a messenger is. I just meant like, what does that mean for you? Like, what are, not what your job is, but what are you? You're- I'm, I'm a fireman angel. I am just a, a creature of Jord like yourself. Are you of this world? I am, I am, I am a creature <laughs> like yourself. Um, you know, I am a celestial from another plane. Um, here, that gives me um, you know, um, much power, um, but the responsibility as well. Yes, my aunt May told me the same thing one time. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna have to think on this. Are we moving this whole conversation, or are we been standing still discussing it? Yeah, you're walking kind of, you know, uh, down a narrow path. It's steep, but as long as you're going slow, and especially those of you who are riding the bear, the bear has a pretty good grip on the ground, and it's pretty stable because he's on all four. Lousy golfer, but a great walker. Here we go. Yeah, Phil Phil and his brother are having a little bit harder time picking their way down just because the path's quite narrow and they're quite tall. All right, so long as you're keeping up. Um, Phil is looking a little bit worse for wear than um, Viver, but uh, you know, they both are you know in decent condition. Good. I gave him a thumbs up. He gives you a thumbs up back and uh, doesn't seem to indicate that he needs to talk. In fact, you can kind of see he's, yeah, not necessarily sulking, but yeah, more dealing with the pain. So when we get to camp, she said it wasn't far, right? So after probably about you know, 10 minutes of walking down, you come to kind of where Cliff's Edge kind of opens up and widens out. And in fact, there's, it's not really a cave, it's more of an indentation that has an outcropping of stone over it. Um, there's, it's probably a open space of about 30 by 30. Um, that's, yeah, been made into a campsite. There's, 
campfire is not dead center. It's actually probably a little bit further over to the right so that it's protected and sheltered from the wind. The center is kind of an open flat area. She's like, yeah, I will offer you the, uh, the, the, the blessings of my camp. May I offer any of you a tea? I have some good berry tea here. Yes, please. Yes. Thank you. I am going to release my bear form now that I've got everybody at camp and offloaded. And then I will go ahead and use my cure wounds on Phil and Fiffer, uh, figuring that I'll let Thandor handle the party. Phil and Fiffer, you know, thank you <laughs> the way that they can. You know, actually being the sign language gesture for thank you. So one gets 23 and the other one gets 15. Okay, yeah, they're both almost back up to full. So, yeah, um, you know, good night's rest will put them back in great shape. And I'm just going to do a prayer of healing. I forget that you have that one. That means everyone's going to get, hold on one second. Give me a second, 2d8. I'll do it at another level so you guys get 3d8. Plus 5, 17 points of healing. Does anyone need any more healing or anything? Well, I assume we're going to get a short rest or something, so I, I, I should heal up with the rest of that by then, so I'll be all right. Phyllis says to you, if uh, you would be willing to cook one of your amazing meals, I uh, have you tarry here for a little bit so that we may talk, but uh, also so that I can make you aware, especially Marcus, of the dangers that you are heading into. I nod familiarly, as in I, I recognize something by what she's saying, that we, you know, there, there's a private conversation we're going to have. So basically, yes, sure, let's uh, let's do that. So I start pulling the pulling what seems to be the never-ending supply of food out. Thank you, wife. Um, and with some of the venison left over from the other night from Phil. Thank you, Phil. Now pulling together uh, a beef and venison stew with some potatoes, carrots. There's still some peas left. How about that? Uh, and an apple cobbler. And so we are. Do we get any benefits from drinking a good berry tea? You do. You can take up to four hit points of uh, healing from the good berry tea. Thank you. I guess, like I said, I should be almost back to normal real, real soon now. One, one is, be one is better than that. There we go. Sounded like from uh, Val that you were traveling with him. You know, he was bringing you here so that uh, you all could be transported. I will teleport you when you are ready. Um, to the orc homeland, but um, that you've run into some trouble, and that the trouble he is dealing with, as well as from what I understand, there is trouble ahead. Uh, it uh, sounds like you know, the master of those creatures up there, shall we say, has gone ahead of all of you and uh, may be wreaking havoc. Would that be fair to assess? I, yes, would be very fair indeed. You know, hey, I don't know how much you and Val have spoken, but in this case, one of the things you may be aware of is the fact that we have a need specifically to go in the Orc homeland to find a certain way station. And while I'm thinking about it, then it occurs to me, are we going to find one of our friends tending the way station or do we need to press on once we find the way station itself? By way station, are you referring to a lost grove? Yes. I think that the Orc have received word that there was a possibility that this was coming, that one of their members may have been the beneficiary of uh, one of the old forms of magic, 
Um, and in fact, Marcus, I believe that visionary may be you. That do you uh, apparently have a talent for dreaming? And Marcus, you know, turns. Yes, I had a dream that the groves were at stake, and that uh, uh, I dreamed of the location of what turned out to be Batula's tomb. She's yes. Every once in a while, someone is born who you know gets dreams from from Jord. Remind me, you know, um, Thandor is. is Jord, a male or a female god, or generic female? Okay, so that, yeah, she, that Jord herself sometimes blesses uh, those with dreams so that they know of events that they may be able to either forestall or change the outcomes of. Yeah, the orcs were prepared when the enemy's forces showed up. They are besieged trying to get into the grove. Um, but so far, the orcs have held them back. But the Temple of Verdus is safe for now, but under siege. And uh, that is part of what, you know, that I, you know, wish to warn you of, is that when I teleport you to there, to make sure that we sa- safely teleport into the orc homeland, we'll be t- transporting to a known teleportation spot. And uh, unfortunately... That army lies between you and the Grove. As I've been concentrating on the stew and everything else, I guess, and other thoughts in my back of my mind here, to make sure I'm summing this up right is, uh, while we know, while we have an approximate idea where the Grove is, and you're going to get as close as you can, where you're going to put us, we're still going to have to travel through some, some additional danger before we get to the final location, correct? Yes, the temple is in a secluded glen that uh, is choked off by a mountain pass um, that the orcs have done a very good job of hiding. But I know in order to rejoin your brethren, you must find this location. I can help you get there, but uh, we all are in danger until we are safely inside the temple itself with the orcs. As as a as a stew is bubbling in the Dutch Ales, I pull out a small notebook and I'm going through and I'm looking and I have you know, I have some tabs and I pull a tab open and I look very carefully and I see I have notes on here and I ask, Do you know if Hazas is still around? Interesting that you ask about Hazash. Um, she you know, is the one who warned me that you know, that there was a plot unfolding that seemed to place the known groves in danger as well as possible threats to the lost groves themselves. Hazash sent me a message I've been investigating and part of my, while I was investigating, was when Val reached out. Is she she at the grove right now or we have to find her as well? My assumption would be that she would be defending the grove with her life. Okay. Uh, I as I'm finished up the soon everything else, I turned to I turned to people who are standing around me right now while I'm talking. Apparently, everybody. Okay. <laughs> they all uh, have their hands on their chins. Okay. All right. Uh, as I turn and look up at them, and goes, "Hasha says, okay, she's she's one of us." And I just kind of leave it at that and go back to finishing the stew and uh, decide we need some biscuits on top of the stew and the apple cobbler. So I'm quickly pulling the third Dutch oven and and. Uh, baking some biscuits real quick. Hoping that no one notices my slight nervousness. Phyllis turns to Thandor. 
I feel like you have unanswered questions. Uh, what uh, kind of information may I provide you? What does George want of me? That is a question that is between you and George. You should know that by now, that you should listen during your prayers and George will reveal what needs to be done. But you are walking the path of George. You all recently discovered that uh, the path of George is an actual thing and that supposedly in order to get a personal audience with Jord, one must walk the path of Jord in order to do that. So, Thandor, that uh, could have just been a mix-up of words or not, but if you want to roll perception, you can see if there was a hidden meaning in that. 13. 13. With a 13, yeah. You're, you're wise enough in the ways that, uh, you, you know, this, she's speaking you know, similar terms that you would hear back to, you know, your home temple. Dinner is finished. I'm basically the bacon, the biscuits finished up fairly quickly. The stew is ready. And, uh, I'm going to start serving. Fezzik, you have been kind of watching all this unfold. Is there anything that, you know, uh, do you want to roll like a perception or an insight or an investigation to see if there's anything that catches your eye? And Thandor's going to whisper to Fezzik, do you think we should ask her about Alton to see where he's gone? Yeah. So having overheard your loud whisper, Phyllis looks to you, Vandor, uh, and says, you know, while I do not know the specifics of your situation, your faith in Jord will see you through that situation. That which concerns you will not be a concern forever. Thank you. How did you hear us? That's right. I have angel hearing. There's awesome angel ears. There's awesome angel ears. All right. You say insight or what perception? Let's see which one's better. Um, so I rolled a 19. <laughs> With your 19, one of the things that really kind of you find interesting about the angel is that yeah, she almost seems like, you know, like she has trained and spent most of her life becoming a warrior. And uh, that, that uh, she, you know, she seems even more dangerous now outside of battle than she did during battle, like almost as if she was restraining herself there. She's an assassin. She's a little scary. Who are you whispering that to? Sandor. He's right next to me. I, I think, but I, I think she's loud enough that I could basically turn and said, I, "I think we can trust her. I think it's going to be okay." I don't know. I think she's. I I don't know. I think if I right, let me put it this way, if she wanted us dead, we would have been dead up there with the rocks. And before it, and with Calgon. Maybe she's just waiting. Maybe she's just maybe she's just waiting to present us to the orcs already dead. Uh, I she's not getting through. Okay, fine. Maybe. Ethic is pretty anti-God. It, it's it's not a question of God at this point. It's a question of trust. Okay. Uh, well, no, it's totally a question of God because she is George's messenger. <laughs> But I'm a messenger, but I'm a messenger of Jord too. But you're different. You're not an angel. Are you an angel? My mother called me an angel when I was little. Yeah, she might have been wrong there. I'm going to trust her for now. You know, as you're passing Cobbler, Phyllis glances from Fezzik to Corrin to Thandor. Yeah, then looks slowly over to Stanton, moves over to the giants. I am sensing some presence of the enemy here. Is any of you... I guess to be indelicate, a spy? That would be Marcus. She never looked at Marcus. Yeah, he's apparently above reproach. I am not a spy. I'm a follower of Jord. 
Yes, you thin or you are, but uh, the sense that is magic that uh, does not associate with you all. Is there any reason that you can think of why I would be sensing foreign magics mixed amongst you? Algon gave me this this javelin. That's going to hand her the boomerang. I got this cool club that I got off this tree, man. Don't forget the little toy statue thingies he gave you. I have my little toy ravens, too. And I have a little friend in my backpack. I don't think you've seen him yet. Where is Groot? Is he still around? He's in my backpack. Thandor's backpack. So yeah, if you want to bring him out, have you, Thandor, have you given him a name besides Groot? His name is The Banquet, because he always comes out when we eat. I was going to say, Corn's about to turn into a beaver. She pauses. So yeah, it sounds like you, know, you were bestowed items that uh, were in the possession of Talgon. Yes, he gave us these. Yeah, maybe you can explain to me why you would give a blind kid a boomerang. Thandor, may I see your javelin? Here it is. And Thandor holds it up. She holds it kind of in both of her hands, kind of, yeah, maybe about three feet apart. She's looking it up and down. Do see her take, you know, she's holding it in the one hand with a grip and kind of passing her hand over it. Bright, almost daylight type light passes between her and the javelin. And she's like, I have removed the traces of Talgon's magic from this. I think this is safer to carry now. Thank you. I didn't know it was on there. Can you do that to all of our stuff? I can try. And uh, she reaches out for yours. I hand her my little raven. Yeah, so she takes the raven in her hand and she passes her hand around. And then after about a minute, she then, you know, kind of locks on. And, you know, you see that same light kind of burst and, you know, create kind of a little globe around the raven. And then almost as suddenly as it started, it flashes out. Um, she's like, this is safe to use and carry now. And, uh, you know, to Corin. Do you know how Corin, to use it? Because I don't. We can talk. I believe someone mentioned a boomerang. Yeah, it, it's here somewhere. I go fishing through my bag and pull it out for her. All right. And you, yeah, do you hand it to her? Yeah. Well, I kind of point it in her direction. She, she reaches over and takes it from you. She's passing her hand over it. It's almost as if she's tracing the inscription uh, or the carving that was in the boomerang itself. And uh, she says, you, you do realize this is a very powerful weapon, do you not? For one who does not have sight, you will always know that if you hold up your hand after throwing it, it will return to you. Yeah, I know. The last time it hit me in the head. Well, you do need to hold your hand up. This will allow you to have ranged attacks and know that you will always get your weapon back. Dad always said I had to practice, so we'll give it a whirl. She pulls it back. She's like, let me modify it for you a little. She you know, reaches into but a, a little pouch on her side, and she pulls out a little tool. And she carves into you know, the, the left side and to the right side a little bit. And you know, she, for those of you who can see, you see her take and throw it. You all hear it now whistles as it flies. And she catches it back in her hand. She's like, this may help you. Uh, the whistling may help you with knowing that it's coming back <laughs> and when. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I, I can see why a gift of like this would not necessarily have been seen to be a the boon that it was, but uh, hopefully this corrects that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Ellis, I have a question. Okay, Thandor. Can you tell us about my friend Phil or my friend the banquet? The banquet? 
And what would you like to know about your friend, the banquet? Where he came from. What What is he doing with us? What does he need? Well, your, your friend here is, is just that. He's a friend, a plant creature that uh, their pure existence is to exist. They, you know, help balance the world and, uh, you know, nature's magic. She's like, it, it's it's a myconid. It, uh, they do release, especially in the adult forms, um, spores that allow you to sense what they're feeling. And uh, they, are, they are friends of the earth. They were once, you know, traveled all of the plains and forests at will, um, but they've been seen less and less over the years. Um, it is it is truly a blessing to find one and have it befriend you. He is a, he's a fun companion, but does he have a name? What does he want from us? Does he just want to follow us? His wants are simple, and yeah, that is to restore the balance of nature. To, to answer your question about a name, I, I do not know of Mykonids having... Uh, names they don't have a formal language they 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 communicate their emotions and feelings um via spores okay thank you so the banquet is a a good name for any that would celebrate the blessings of nature are there other questions see that uh your giant friends have uh fallen asleep i think we're all at a point where we could use some rest too before we go transport so yeah, so I, you know, she's like, I will stand watch. I do not require sleep in the conventional sense. Um, if you, you know, awaken and wish to talk, I am here. Are you like an elf? Do you have to meditate, or do you just not sleep at all? Or I do not know of you know, how the the elves do it, but no, I don't meditate or any um, thing like that. I just gather energy into myself. You can prepare, you know, your campsite, uh, your bed, open your bedrolls. Marcus still is without blanket, but uh, you know, finds himself a particularly sheltered spot to sleep. Um, where are the rest of you going to choose to sleep? There, There is a fire. You can curl up near that. I'll toss Marcus my blanket this time, and I'm going to go into snow leopard form and curl up at the mouth of the cave. Yeah, I'm going to go towards the front also and put my back to the fire and just, you know, that way I'm facing out. Probably on, like, the other side core and so he can do one side and I can do the other. I mean as you settle in you can see like the star field deeper than you know you're well away from the lights of any civilized area at this point so you know the night is super bright here. You see every you know valley between here and the next mountain. Um yeah you know, the moon is fairly full so not completely full though. Um so it's yeah it's a wonderful night to be out under the stars. Well, I'm going to stargaze for a little bit then. So in leopard form, I'm just going to lay down and just stare up at the stars. Quote 
life is what happens while you're making other plans is attributed to many different sources. But it is one of the most valuable lessons that we can share, which is probably why so many people get credit for having said it. Um, you know, being flexible and open to changes that happen in our lives are a very, very important part of being alive. So we hope that you're out there and you're enjoying 2022, but that as life throws you challenges that you adapt and, you know, make the best of each situation. This is a quick shout out to AJ Knight and his two sons. Thanks for listening, guys. We know you're out there looking to support us, so there's many different ways in which you can support us. One of the ways is with dollars. If you join our Patreon, you actually get our early access to episodes, as well as cool merch that's available nowhere else, and many, many other things. So go over to patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies to find out more about that. Um, you can also help us in ways that don't involve money, you know, writing a review, making sure that you download episodes each week on your favorite podcatcher, or just by introducing us to someone else who hasn't listened before and making them a regular listener. Now all the legal bits. We are not affiliated with the Boy Scouts of America or Wizards of the Coast, although we do recommend that your life will be better with them in it, so please support and participate with them. All of our music is licensed from Soundstripe.com. Additional images are licensed from Shutterstock.com. Our logo was created by Catherine Evans. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Leaders and Legacy. And make sure that you subscribe to our blog at leadersandlegacies.com. And never forget to remember... Paid for by the committee to elect Steve Geist. I'm Steve Geist, and I approve this podcast.